Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. What is going on? It's the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Glad to have you along as we are in the month of May, still waiting and hoping for the Los Angeles Clippers to resume its season and try and win that coveted NBA title. Seems like teams are starting to return to their facilities. A couple of teams on Friday returned, including the Cavaliers. The Clippers still waiting trying to get approval from the state of California to return to their facilities as this state currently is in a shelter in place until May 15th. And that could be extended even further, obviously. And the Clippers wanting to return. And frankly, I think it makes sense for all the teams to return at the same time, just because of the whole competitive advantage thing. I mean, if you have some teams returning for two to three weeks And if you remember our last podcast, we were talking about how some players don't have their own hoops. I mean, we were talking about Jason Tatum when I had Andrew Greif for the LA Times on. That was our last podcast. So if you missed that, go ahead and go back to that one with Andrew Greif. And Andrew and I were saying how guys like Jason Tatum, they don't have their own hoops. And so these guys are going to be cold and try and get their rhythm back. And also fitness is something they need to get back as well because it's frankly very difficult to replicate a game scenario without playing an actual game. You can practice all you want, but there's a reason why they have those four preseason games before the NBA season starts. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with teams returning and whether the season does resume, whether it resumes in June, whether it resumes in July. Frankly, we really have no idea. Today's podcast is going to talk about Steve Ballmer buying the form. I think it's a very important topic to touch on as we are here in what is, I guess, the first offseason and what is not really an offseason. And I'm going to bring on my buddy Jason Schwartz. Jason and I have been in the LA area for a long time. Jason is actually a Lakers fan, but he knows the game of basketball very well. He's a broadcaster at Long Beach State for the men's basketball squad and also is a broadcaster for the Lancaster Jethawks, single-A baseball affiliate over in Lancaster of the Colorado Rockies. So we'll talk about the form and what really this purchase means for basketball in Los Angeles and also the concert scene because there are a lot of people saying, okay, now that Steve Ballmer has bought the form and we'll explain why he has bought the form a little bit later, there's the whole aspect of does he go and bulldoze the form? Does he get rid of the form that has had so many concerts at its venue, some good concerts too, or does he maybe keep it? Because as of now, he's saying he's going to keep it, but if he doesn't keep it, could it turn into 
something else, perhaps, I don't know, property for a parking lot, looking at you, Frank McCord, or something like a hotel. We really don't know. And so I'll talk to Jason a bit about the form and the purchase and what it really means for basketball in L.A. and the Clippers' future in L.A., and also what it means for concerts and everything else that does happen at the Forum. This is the Hoopball Clippers podcast, and so without further ado, let's go ahead, let's bring in Jason Schwartz. All right, just introduced this guy, so let's go ahead, let's bring him on. Jason Schwartz, you can hear him, do Long Beach State men's basketball, Lancaster Jetthawks minor league baseball, and now he joins the Hoopball Clippers podcast to talk about the Forum being bought by Steve Ballmer. Jason, a good friend of mine. Hello, buddy. Hey, Brandon, and uh, appreciate the intro. Currently, the only thing you can hear me doing is this podcast. I hope to be doing Long Beach State men's basketball and Lancaster Jetthawks baseball again soon. Yeah, but, uh, weird right times. Now, this is what we've got. Yeah, weird times, man. Weird times. I mentioned in the intro that you and I both from LA, so we know the area pretty well. Uh, I did mention you are a Lakers fan, and I actually started as a Lakers fan, which I've said a couple times on this podcast. So I used to go to the forum, and then of course the Lakers and Clippers moved over to Staples, and now here we are, where the Los Angeles yeah. Clippers are deciding to build their own arena. Their lease runs through the 2023-2024 season, so they're slated to move in there in the summer of 2024 and leave the Staples Center because of various different reasons, um, one of which is that the Clippers are the third tenant in that arena, so they go behind the Lakers and the Kings, so the Clippers get third choice of when they have their game, so they're the reason why they play on New Year's Eve. That's the reason why they play at 1230 on Sundays. So they really get the short end of the stick, and that's one of the reasons why they wanted to move over and get their own piece of land. But Jace, you and I were talking when this happened, when Steve Ballmer decided to buy the form for uh, $400 million in cash with his uh, Caps LLC from MSG. And we were talking about what impact it might have on various different things, one of which being concerts in the area, and also another which being sports in the area, and what it means for... The Clippers, the Lakers, and of course the Form. And you are someone that's been to the Forms, plenty, the Form plenty of times. Curious to get first of all your impression of the Form where it stands now, because it was invented or created in 1967 when it was built, 17,000 seats or so. Um, how's it look now? Uh, well, first of all, you mentioned a, a few moments ago about how you used to be a Lakers fan. Unfortunately. Yeah. I didn't know you back then, but it sounds like you were a lot more likable. Uh, um, yeah, it's okay. exactly. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I went to the forum uh, recently for a couple concerts this past year, and I, I've gone to a few concerts there over the years. Um, and, you know, it's turned into a really good music venue, um, and, and they've redesigned it and remodeled a little bit to be music only. I mean, obviously... Uh, a venue like that, even with all the seats, just can't house the NBA and the NHL in today's modern sports world because there are no luxury suites there. Um, but what it does give you then for music and for concerts is a more intimate feeling. Whereas for a, a big concert at Staples Center, um, you know, you have the crowd packed in down below, but then you've got all the luxury suites and then the, the fans up high. So um, it definitely feels more intimate. I think what's going to be interesting, you mentioned the balancing act of what the Clippers have to go through right now at Staples Center. I think it'll be interesting to see 
what the balancing act ends up being for a place like the forum once you have a massive modern state-of-the-art nfl stadium that is home to not one but two nfl teams plus then you get the clippers uh that that come in and um you know that's a lot of dates every year that's a lot of events um not just regular season nfl games and regular season nba games but you know you also have to factor in exhibition games you have to factor in all the huge events that they plan to have at the new football stadium um and on top of that you got to figure that if they're building a state-of-the-art nba arena there are going to be other events there too not just the nba mm-hmm. so when it comes to the area the traffic the parking all of that it's going to be an interesting balancing act to see you know how many how many uh dates the forum can hold big events how many concerts will be there um what will if anything the new clippers arena and even the, the football stadium take away from you know what might have been at the forum. Yeah, the reason why we're bringing this up, by the way, is because there has been talk amongst some people, whether you look on the internet or wherever, that the forum may not stay there and that Balmer is going to get rid of the forum because there might not be a purpose for the forum when they have that arena. And music junkies and people that love going there for concerts, I went there to see uh, former Vice President uh, Clinton and... Hillary Clinton, both of them together speak. So there's different things that can happen there. And people worry that they're going to get rid of it completely. And I want to bring up a couple of things first. Um, The reason why the Clippers are doing this is not because they want to get rid of the form. The reason why Ballmer bought the form is because MSG owned the form. And they basically said that they have the right to that area. And if you go ahead and buy the land that Balmer's going to buy and build your new arena, you're going to take away, especially the concerts that the forum could have. And so Balmer said, enough of this. You know what? I'm not going to get into a legal battle. I'll just buy the forum from you. And that gets rid of all of the legal mess that could have ensued. So that's the important part of bringing this up is because before we get to the basketball part of it, Jason, there, there is a worry that the form is going to be gone. But Balmer has already said that when he takes over, he is going to keep all the employees that are currently employed. And when the sale closes, it's going to continue being the same place that it is right now. I, I'm curious to think, I'm curious to see, what do you think? Do you think it actually stays or does Balmer eventually get rid of it? And does it become, I don't know, a parking lot or a hotel, apartment complex, something else like that? Well, it certainly stays for now. There's going to be a lot of time between now and and whenever this Clippers arena is built. Right, 2024. Um, so I, I, think that, I think that we can rest assured and, and anybody involved with the forum can rest assured that it'll still be there for now. I mean, the question is, what happens in 10 years or 15 years down the line when these talks, uh, you know, Balmer's promises are kind of in the rearview mirror. And now all of a sudden we see how things are working there at this massive complex with all these events. And hopefully there is room for the forum there. Hopefully the forum does continue to be maybe the premier indoor concert venue in LA. Um, I hope that would be the case. I mean, certainly it, it would, um, bring so much excitement to that area on top of the, the sports um, that we're going to see there already. But, you know, I guess, I guess who knows when it comes to, to 10, 15 years down the road, 
We'll just have to see how things are going in the area and and how things are working with the form. Yeah, Ballmer's already said one advantage of having the form and this new arena is that he can plan out the times so they can make sure that traffic isn't an absolute mess where they have, let's say, a Clipper game at 730. They're not going to have a concert the same exact date at the same exact time because it would be an absolute nightmare in Englewood. I mean, can you imagine having a Clippers game a Rams or Chargers game and also a concert all happening on the same day near the same time. I mean, it, no one won't even get near there. And the traffic for one event there, even just at the forum is already bad. So right. there's no way they'd ever be able to do that. And yeah, certainly the fact that you've got both the forum and the new Clippers arena under one umbrella, it should make for a more seamless partnership to figure out what the schedule is and, and, and when the dates are. Um, but, uh, Hey, it's going to really crush the area. Even if there's only one event per day, which, which will be the case. Um, I mean, there are going to be a lot of days with events. There are not going to be a lot of breaks for that area when it comes to the traffic. Yeah. And here's the thing, Jace. I mean, when the Clipper season's over in June, whenever it might be, you have June to October where there's no basketball being played. And then of course you have the form from June to October as well, and all the other months in the calendar year. So you kind of have a juggling act, because when do you schedule concerts, and where do you schedule the concerts? Because are you going to have two people performing at the two different sites on the same day? Most likely not. So then you get into the territory of trying to figure out how many concerts do you want and how many do you need to stay profitable, especially on the form side? And I think that's when it might get a little bit dicey because the Clippers will have their games. And when there's off days, they're gone for, let's say, seven or eight days, then you can have a concert there or two. But then when it's the off season for the Clippers, then you kind of get into the tough territory of trying to figure out where you want to have the concert and what makes the most sense. Well, the problem with that, though, too, is that I feel like the off dates for uh, the NBA season are also the off dates for the forum as a music venue, because in the summer months, that's when you see more big name concerts at places like the Hollywood bowl mm-hmm. or the Greek amphitheater where you can have outdoor concerts in really nice weather. People want to be outside rather than be inside of the forum, the forum, the concerts I've been to have almost all been during the fall and winter months. Interesting. And then, of course, you have Taylor Swift, who was supposed to open up SoFi Stadium, and that, I believe, was in July. And so there's another one where you have the Rams and Chargers Stadium. That's, what, half a mile away? And they're obviously going to have concerts during the summer as well because there's no NFL being played. So it gets into a really dicey situation of trying to figure out financially what actually makes sense. And I'm not sure they can make it work with three different arenas slash stadiums all during the summer trying to figure out when and who is going to perform. Yeah, I think logistically there are definitely some concerns, but the more I think about it, I mean, the more I'm excited for the thought of just another premier facility arena venue Mm -hmm. in LA. I mean, you think about what LA is going to be like now with the Staples center plus a new Clippers arena, uh, SoFi stadium, and then you've got the forum there on top of that and all the other venues that are already in place. I mean, I think that it could just be a really golden age for L.A. as far as entertainment and, uh, you know, both sporting events and concerts. 
I'll be curious to see what they end up doing with that space that I think it's 27 acres that Balmer um, is building that stadium on. I think it's what the arena on. I think that's what I read. Um, I could be wrong because it might be, seems to be a little bit more. It would need to be. I'm not entirely sure, but because you look at the reason why I bring it up is because with Staples Center, you have Nokia right across the street and that is a small amphitheater as well. So then the question could be brought up. Does Balmer build a tiny amphitheater type thing as well, or some sort of theater like the Nokia? That's, that's a question that could, cause I feel like if you do that, then you're really nuking the possibility of keeping the form because it's too many arenas and theaters in one spot i think the pushback to to getting rid of the forum w- would be pretty strong yeah and you know i i think that they're gonna do what they can to try to try and make it work and you know maybe it is feasible and again like i said if it is and it does work i mean we're going to be looking at a situation where you are going to have as someone who lives in la or the surrounding areas i mean even more than you already do, you are going to have options almost nightly mm-hmm. for some high-level entertainment that is going to make LA the you know is going to continue to to keep LA the entertainment capital of the world, and I think will will make many other uh, markets around the country jealous of of the possibilities here. Let's move to the other side of this thing, and that's what most of the people who are listening to this podcast care about, and that's the basketball side and what it means for Lakers versus Clippers. And everyone was talking about when Ballmer bought the team, he's going to move the team up to Seattle. And, I mean, the same could be said about the the forum. Everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be gone possibly by 2024, 2025. And, you know, it's very possible it stays. But I'm curious to get your take on what it means to the dynamic of basketball in L.A. Because I'm obviously a little biased. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Clippers to get out of the shadow of the Lakers. Uh, to be able to get those pu- those prime slots uh, for games, whether it be a Sunday night at 6.30 that you always see the Lakers um, playing in, or just having your own space and, frankly, not having Taylor Swift banners up and not having and having every single team, frankly, the Lakers, the Kings, Taylor Swift, all banners are in your, in your arena except for yours. So I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, have your own space. What do you think? Well, I do think it makes a ton of sense, and I think it'll be a great move for the Clippers. I do think just as a Los Angeles basketball uh, purist, if you will, I'm not saying I am one of those, but I'm saying for those out there, uh, I think it will be a little odd to have the Clippers in Inglewood and not the Lakers. Obviously, there's so much history there Mm -hmm. with the, the Lakers in Inglewood, and the Clippers didn't play there. They were in downtown at the sports arena, so you gotta kinda you kind of flip it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even going back to, to last year, I think there was an article in the LA Times um, at some point in 2019 about rumors that the Lakers were looking to move back to Inglewood, possibly rebuild mm-hmm. the forum or, or, or build there. I remember that. Kind of around the same time when rumors about the, the Clippers plans um, surfaced. So I think for one thing, it will be a little odd to have, the Clippers in Englewood and not the Lakers. But um, just as far as the Clippers go and the Lakers too, I I definitely think um, it benefits the Clippers to have their own building to get out of the shadow of the Lakers. It is awkward that they have to cover the Lakers banners Mm -hmm. uh, at Staples Center. You know, that a a big deal was made of that. Um, 
And, you know, I think it'll be it'll be great for their brand and for continuing to, to build their fan base here in L.A. And, uh, you know, as far as the Lakers go, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the business side of it's going to mean for, for the Lakers at Staples Center. But uh, but I got to think that, you know, for for Staples Center to be their home and them to not have to worry about sharing it with another NBA team that is trying so hard to knock them off their pedestal here in L.A., um, I think, you know, it, it goes both ways a little bit because now all of a sudden you don't have the Clippers under your shadow. They're making their own name for themselves across town in their own arena. Uh, so, you know, I think there are some positives and negatives on the Lakers side when it comes to that. But for the Clippers, I really don't see any negatives. I think it'll be great for the Clippers and a long time coming, too. Yeah, no doubt. And it'll be interesting to see um, how many fans they're able to get nightly because, you look at the Clippers going off on basically their own now and having their own arena and they got to fill it up and it's their own place. And everyone, I mean, there have been doubters that think they should have moved the team to Seattle. They should go somewhere else because I don't know if you can have two teams that can be support in LA. And I just think that's false because we've seen how the Clippers are able to sell out uh, night to night. And then you look in the NFL, for example, the Rams and the Chargers. I mean, nobody's really going to the Chargers games. That's Chargers fans. You look at it, and there's it's 70%, it seems like, the other team's fans. I think it's different here where the Clippers and Lakers, when they match up, sure, you, you end up having a lot of Laker fans in the arena. This will always be a Lakers city and a Lakers town. But that being said, I think the Clippers can really make their own name in this arena. And the question will be, how many fans are they able to acquire by doing this? Because I feel like not much is going to change in that regard. Do you agree or disagree? I don't know. I think that's tough. I I don't know that it'll change much as far as how many fans they can acquire. I mean, I think they're doing what they need to do right now to get fans, and mm-hmm. that is to be an exciting and very relevant team in L.A., I think that having their own building will definitely um, be a, a place where Clipper fans can be prideful about what mm-hmm. their team is doing. Um, and sure, maybe for some who it's more convenient to go to Inglewood than it is to go to downtown L.A. for NBA games, yeah, maybe that will mean more fans for the Clippers. That's definitely a possibility. Um, but I, I think as far as building their brand and trying to earn some of the LA NBA fans either away from the Lakers or have the new NBA fans hop on their bandwagon. I think they're doing exactly what they need to do right now, which is just be as good as they possibly can and try to be relevant and, you know, make it a a battle with the Lakers. I mean, you obviously see what the Clippers are doing around town. When you look at all the, Mm -hmm. the billboards and the ad campaigns and there, there's a very specific message being sent in all of those, in all of those ads, and it's very much targeting the Lakers and very much targeting a sports fan in this area that might not jive as much with the glitz and glamour of the Lakers and, and might you know, be more prone to uh, seeing a team like the Clippers who are trying to advertise themselves as this gritty team. You know, I, I think there are going to be a lot of sports fans that connect with that. So I think as far as gaining new fans, a new building can't hurt, but I think the Clippers are doing all the things they need to do right now uh, to do that. Yeah, to your point, I mean, they're 
putting so much money now into local parks and they're trying to go really go after that base of these are the types of kids that are going to play in the parks and we're going to go ahead and put the Clippers logo at center court and we can try and maybe get them at this young age, the kids that are out there playing hoops at 10 years old, 12 years old, and maybe get them to become lifelong Clippers fans. Well, well, like you said, the Lakers are very much the glitz and glamour. They are the Hollywood team. And I mean, you just have to go all the way back to when Jerry Buss took over the Lakers and what has become of the team over the years with Shaq and Kobe and Magic. I mean, they really are the showtime team here in LA while the Clippers trying to become that other team that has a different type of message to it. So that was a, that's a good way to put it. The whole form thing is just interesting to me and the whole stadium thing and how that's going to impact LA because, I mean, they're trying to make public transportation way better than what it is now. And you just wonder with all these different sporting venues in the same space and music venues in the same space, what it will do to that area and also like what it means for the city of Inglewood, frankly, because Inglewood's not known as really a affluent affluent area in Los Angeles um, in the county and what it really means for Inglewood and the people that are working there and living there and the property value there. There's so much that goes into it that I don't think people really understand or discuss. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's a lot of complicated stuff to try and to try and sort through there. And, you know, the, the city of Inglewood, um, I think for a number of years now, has been experiencing a, a gentrification that a lot of the people who are from there and um, who really, you know, know the soul of that place um, aren't necessarily thrilled with. Um, but but here we are. And, um, you know, you mentioned public transportation. I think that's a, a big factor with with how many live events we're going to be seeing in that area moving forward. Um, and, you know, change is the spice of life. And this is <laughs> this is what we're getting in Inglewood, you know, and, and it's going to be one of the premier entertainment centers, not just in L.A., but uh, around the country. Um, in a matter of, you know, the next five to 10 years. And uh, as far as what that means for LA as a whole, with the Olympics coming up at the end of the decade, um, if we ever get out of this shelter at home thing, then, uh, then, you know, I, I think as a whole for the city, it, it's, it's an exciting thing. Yeah, it's a good point with uh, the Olympics and all the different uh, things that can come by, whether let's say the World Cup one year and what it would mean, just that whole entire area and being able to house some of those events uh, there. Anything that you think I'm missing in terms of the form that we haven't discussed in terms of what it would do with the music side of things, the sports side of things, because this isn't a topic that gets a ton of run. I mean, it's obviously more of an off-season topic. And with the Clippers, I mean, Ballmer is amazing what he's done so far with the team and being able to just say, all right, you know what, forget it. This guy is holding up what I'm trying to do. I'm going to go ahead and buy that area and I'm going to take over the form so that I can build this arena. I feel like people are more talking about the arena and not the form because the form is just a little piece that you have to acquire to build the big thing. I think initially my first thought when the story w- was broken that Balmer had, had purchased the forum was, oh, this doesn't look good for the forum. Mm-hmm. A shiny new NBA arena uh, is going to take away 
obviously possibilities for dates for shows and also take away some of the acts. The more I've thought about it and the more I think about what performers want out of a concert venue and what um, people want out of a concert venue, concert goers want, um, the form gives them that. And I think the more I think about it, I, I feel like um, with what I've read that Balmer and the Clippers are going to do everything they can to honor that and respect that and continue to build that brand. And fortunately, there are 365 days in a year. Um, there are a lot of opportunities for, for shows. And again, in this market, you have a lot of people out there who are hungry for entertainment, whether it be music or sports. So my choice moving forward right now, the way I'm looking at it is I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the possibilities. And, you know, you, you look around and you think about the, the venues that we have in this city and, you know, who else can match it? I mean, with a, a brand new, a brand new football stadium on top of the fact that you already have the Coliseum, the Rose Bowl, You've got Dodger Stadium, which, uh, you know, is is being updated as we speak and is going to be uh, continue to be a tremendous venue for both baseball and concerts for, you know, however many decades moving forward. Mm -hmm. You've got Staples Center. You'll have a new Clippers Arena. You have the Forum. You have the outdoor concert venues we mentioned. You have the smaller indoor concert venues we mentioned. I mean, what other area, what other city can can say they've got all those things it's just going to be i think great for the people of la and uh you know I, I think that the possibility of a new arena with that new football stadium plus the forum might actually be good for the forum now that i think about it when you think about what's going to be built up in that area and the amount of people who are going to be going there um the infrastructure that they're going to have to bring in to support all those people traveling to that area um, you know assuming that they do it right, and that's a big assumption, I, I, I think it's really exciting. And it'll be interesting to see how many people they get that drive up, let's say, for concerts um, at the Forum and then go to a Clippers game. Let's say they stay overnight because it's 11 o'clock or something when this concert ends, and you're not going to drive back, let's say, to San Francisco or something because musical acts aren't going to every single city, you know? So you have, let's say, someone goes to – a Clippers game because they're in town because they want to see the Clippers play against, let's say the Grizzlies. And they're like, Oh, well, I might as well stay for the concert tomorrow. I think that'll be advantageous too to the area. People are able to get that double dip out of coming in for just one event. Yeah. I, I think LA has a little bit of that now too. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, it, it's, uh, you know, as far as Southern California goes, it's, it's the, the center for entertainment, whether it's sports music or, or whatever else. So, um, you know, I, I definitely I don't see how there'll be a lot of that on the same day. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, you could definitely plan a weekend around uh, a, a big some some big entertainment in in Englewood Clippers game Friday night, a concert Saturday, a football game Sunday. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to go very far at all. Yeah, I think, I think what we're basically trying to say out of all this, that it seems it makes a lot of sense to keep the form and not to get rid of it. And despite the talk that the Clippers are going to get moved to Seattle and that the Clippers are going to dismantle the form, let's let's hold on for a second. Let's not jump to conclusions here. Before uh, we say goodbye to you, did you watch uh, MJ's doc last night or have you still got to watch those two episodes? 
I still have to watch those two episodes from last night. I was trying to do some uh, so- social distant Mother's Day celebrations last night. But um, I think of all the episodes, I'm definitely looking forward to these two the most. Uh, I'm just really excited to see the baseball episode. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I saw on Twitter last night, it seemed like people enjoyed it. It seemed like it was a good episode, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, I was a sports fan in the 90s, but a little too young to understand everything that was going on. Same. And um, I'm very excited to to see that time period. I'm just fascinated by the idea that Michael Jordan would leave the NBA, try his hand at baseball, succeed to the point that he did, mm-hmm. um, and then go back to the NBA and win three more titles. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I can't I can't wait to watch it. I thought it was the two best episodes so far of the series. And I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and ruin anything because it was just so good. It's just so fascinating that a guy can just jump from the NBA and then go play baseball and go to double A and perform the way he did. I mean, he didn't hit 400, but nonetheless, just, I mean, imagine LeBron, for example, I saw this on Twitter just saying, you know what? I'm done with the Lakers season right now. I'm going to go ahead and play football and then come back and play basketball. It's, I mean, just the thought of that and what you have to do to prepare yourself mentally and physically to make that jump is wild. And uh, I thought well, it's we been saw incredible. That. We saw some football players do it. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders, Brian Jordan. Yeah, uh, Bo Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been done there. Yeah. I think, you know, when you consider the, the size of an NBA player, just the height, you know, 6'6", six, yeah. six, you don't see a lot of position players in baseball that big. And True. Um, you consider his age at the time, too, what, 30, 31. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he was able to hit 200 at double a steal 30 bases um it's so incredibly difficult to imagine anything like that happening today between those two sports between the nba and major league baseball yeah and you uh you're a minor league broadcaster and just imagine having the fans the amount of fans that would flock to go see that one player i mean you would sell out every single game just to see that one player it would be just something crazy i mean people were initially doing it for tim tebow but I think that hype subsided. But, I mean, just imagine that in today's day and age. It's crazy. Oh, I, I almost feel like most minor league baseball facilities today wouldn't even be able to handle yeah. the type of media crush that, uh, th- that would come with a Michael Jordan playing in, in minor league baseball. Um, you know, fortunately, the Southern League and, and Birmingham in the 90s, they were able to handle it. Um, but, yeah, you, you brought up Tim Tebow. That was my thought exactly. Um, you know, there was Tebow mania for some time. Uh, he still is a draw in minor league baseball. And shoot, I mean, he was a good college football player. All he did in the NFL was, you know, win a playoff game mm-hmm. and then kind of kind of sputter out. Um, and, and that was huge. So even and with social media now and MILB TV and all these different ways to watch, um, I, I can't even imagine what kind of event it would be if someone like a LeBron James um, you know, made that switch and all of a sudden was yeah. playing baseball. It would just be massive. It would be crazy. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason D. Schwartz. You can catch him during basketball season for Long Beach State men's basketball and Lancaster Jethawks during minor league baseball season, which baseball obviously is uh, something that's been talked about a bunch now and we have no idea what's going to happen. But Jason, a big thanks to jumping on the Hoopball Clippers podcast and talking about the form and all that fun stuff. Yeah, thanks for giving me a reason to talk sports. Appreciate it, Brandon. 
Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason Schwartz, a good friend of mine. And I thought it was just an interesting topic to discuss because a lot of discussion right now around the NBA is when it's going to return and about Michael Jordan, but not many people are talking about Steve Ballmer and that purchase of the forum. And it's actually pretty big news and what it means for the LA area, the new stadium um, that is being built for the Rams and the Chargers, what it means for the new arena that the Clippers would go into and what it means for obviously music and sports in the area. So I thought it was a fun topic to discuss. We're going to have Brian Seaman, the TV voice of the Los Angeles Clippers, as our next guest. Actually recording that one tomorrow on Tuesday, but going to release it most likely at the end of the week or early next week. Probably the end of the week, uh, thinking something like Friday of this week. We'll chat about the MJ documentary a lot more and get his thoughts because obviously Brian, a little bit older, he got a chance to watch Michael through his entire career. I was a little too young considering that I was born in the late 80s, so didn't get a chance to see Michael and remember him as much as a guy like Brian would. Also talk about the Clippers and where they were before this whole shutdown started and where they might be when this shutdown ends and get his thoughts on the situation and when and where basketball may or may not return and also what he's doing during his free time, because obviously he has no basketball to broadcast. You can see him sometimes on social media accounts. We'll try and figure out what Brian is doing during this lockdown. A big thanks to everyone that listened. If you can, go ahead, go to iTunes, give that five-star rating. A review does help as well for this Hoopball Clippers podcast. I'm Brandon Marcus. We'll talk to you next time. Go Clips! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.